point game. Just play the game. A little new thing that we doing. Uh, come on, folks. I mean, happy to be joined by Vincent Goodwill. Main guy, Vinny Vinny. Vincent Goodwill. Another edition of the Point Game Podcast. Oh, my homie and partner Vinny Goodwill. Our first podcast of 2017. You know, folks, we've been away doing our job, NBA beat, but uh, I'm beginning to recognize this as like a quarterly podcast now. But it's all good though. Appreciate you rocking out with us, Vinny. Do you know what today is, man? As we take this January 17, 2017. Do you know what today is? Today is not your birthday. Nah, today is not my birthday. You missed that a couple months ago. I'm still waiting for my gift. No, I, not I, 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 I didn't miss it a couple months ago. It was a week after mine. Um, yeah. Let's see, January 17th. Is this some type of special anniversary or something? It is. The 25th anniversary of Juice. Juice was oh, released God. January 17th, 1992. Wrecking Crew. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, man. One of my favorite movies in... I mean, the cast and that thing. I mean, Omar Epson and Tupac, you know, Samuel L. Jackson was in that thing. Like, three of the biggest stars uh, in Hollywood. Um, and then obviously Tupac died, but Omar Epson, Samuel L. Jackson, man. I mean, what do you remember about that movie, man? I mean, it, that has to be one of the best hood movies of all time, right? The best what movies of all time? The best hood movie. One of the best hood movies of all time has to be. It, it's, it's like in the top ten, Juice. You know, I, I mean, I guess I hadn't thought about it like that, but no, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I probably watched it more when I got to high school compared to, like, in 1992 when I was seven years old. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was cool. It was it was seeing, you know, Tupac at the beginning of, you know, sort of more so as an actor, more so than anything, you know, anything else, but it was sort of seeing the genesis of all that. So, yeah, it was it was a little, it was a little wild, but it was cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, we, I was gonna ask you if you could pick one character in that movie, who, which one would you pick? And I'm just gonna sign you one, okay? I'm gonna sign you. You're Steel. That's who you are. You're Steel. Why? You know so? I, mean? I, I just. I don't know. I, you, you come off with a Steel vibe. You know, just real, just low key, just Steel. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, just playing video games in the shop. You, you Steel. I think I'm probably gonna be. Um, who, who, I, forget, I forget the dude's name that robbed the the the, uh, <laughs> the bar. I forget his name. <laughs> I'm him. I'm part. I, I love. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie, man. I, I love that scene. But uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna go. You, y'all kind of look alike and everything. So I'm gonna just say still. You said that I look like still the yeah the chubby kid, the chubby kid who like. Seriously, that's 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 where we going. <laughs> who was also who was also the kid from, uh, you know, lean on me. <laughs> this, this is where we this is where we going. <laughs> you start you started off with a bang, man. You know, you still. So from now on, your name is, is Vinny Goodwill, aka Steel. Um, no, that's that's actually that's 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 really not. Um, that's really that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Let me ask you this though. What is your favorite movie of all time, man? Like your favorite urban type hood movie of all time? Because I'm I'm curious to know because it don't sound like you're feeling juice that much. 
So I got to ask. So juice is, I mean, juice, juice is cool. Yeah, but it's not I their mean, favorite, though. It's not, I don't even think it cracked the top five. So what's your top movie? Your top movie of all time. Is it New Jack City? What is it? No, it probably won't be New Jack City. Um, I don't know. Would it be, would it be the first house party? Hey? All right. I give you that. First house party was dope. I mean, that was dope. I mean, you know, the, the classic lines in there. I mean, it, that, that's, I'll give you that. The house party. Where's house party? Rank the, rank the house party, as a matter of fact. There's three of them. I don't count it's the only, fourth it's one. Only really it's only really really three. It's, it's only three. I don't know if those other ones. Two. Yeah, those, those are clowns. Well, no, it's three. It's house party one, two, and three. No, no, no. It's only really two. The third one really, I don't really count. The third one is starting to get off the rails. Like, nah, the third but, one was better than the second one. The second one was kind of whack to me. Even though Bilal was, was in the second one, he wasn't in the third one. But the third one, they had Bernie Mac, Chris Tucker was in that thing. I mean, it was more funny to me. I think I think the third one was all right. It wasn't bad. I love this. I don't have House Party. In my collection, I got House Party 1 and House Party 3. I don't have House Party 2. I don't see the need to get House Party 2. I don't, I just, it wasn't one of my favorites. I just, I don't know. But nothing's going to ever top House Party as far as, like, every time I watch that movie, man, you know what I think about? I think about, like, the time where actual house parties was the thing. It was cool. Like, we, your Friday night wasn't consistent of going to a club. It was like, yo, who's having a house party? And you would just go over there and just rock out, man. Like, that's what, you know, I don't understand why people don't do that anymore. Just throw a house party. Forget going to the club and getting drinks and waiting in line. You know, go to a house party. A bunch of whole bunch, a whole bunch of people over just have a house party. If anybody listening to this podcast is having a house party, and you in Chicago and you in San Antonio, invite me in Vinnie Goodwill. I'm definitely crashing party. I'm going. And I'll book you a Southwest ticket, and you come in here, you go with me. No, I'm, I'm a little too, uh, me and Southwest don't get along. You don't get along, why? They, I think nah, they added ESPN, so y'all, y'all, you should be good now. Say what now? I think they added ESPN to the, to the TV joint. Now you get the TV on, on Southwest for free. I think they just added that to it, so I think that should be good. I'm, I'm straight with Delta. Ah, uh, you're a Delta guy. Get out of here, man. Uh, you know what? The bigger airlines, you know, the Deltas and American uh, American Airlines, like, and it just pissed me off so much because their re- their refund policy, right? I mean, if you can't, if you decide you book a trip and something happens, it's like you got to pay an arm and a leg just to get a portion of the ticket back, and then you lose value on the ticket. I just don't get that. I just really don't. I think like if you if you go into a big city. And you say, yo, I can't make that flight, and you gotta just pull out of it. Why can't they just exchange or help you out a little bit? Like they just they they make me so mad with that, man. They're they're they're, they're you, you, are, you are just at an honorary mood today. Is it just is this the Jabari airing of grievances? You well, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I got, I got I have a few grievances as we start off 2017, man. One of them being as though that you're not a Southwest guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got you, know, you got a lot of you have a lot of complaints today. I mean, we, I, mean you know, I should. I mean, you know what happened on Sunday. The Cowboys lost. So, you know. Oh. You know. Oh, that's I, why I you're in you put, the I figured mood. you would put it together. I, I didn't together. put it together. I, 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 I didn't, I guess, because the Cowboys don't. The Cowboys never really registered as a threat. Um, I'm right. The first three team never registered as a threat. Stop. They did. They they, they didn't. Unfortunately. First of all, they took, they, they took Green Bay to the limit. Okay, like it took a damn near perfect pass from Aaron Rodgers on the last play, and it, everything had to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? And Wait, you probably had played. to get back to back fifty plus field goals to, to win the game three times if you count the ones that 
that that that that was time that was Jason Garrett called the time out of me. So credit the Packers and that tweet I sent out. I was just messing around. Aaron Rodgers played his behind off. I ain't gonna phone on that man. Dak Prescott played well too, but I mean you you, you can't give Aaron Rodgers twenty one points and you score three and think that you're gonna come away with any football games. Like that's that's just a very Wait, hard you, hospital. Did, I just I just have to go back. You said a a thirteen and three Dallas team took a ten win Green Bay team to the limit. Yeah. When you're at home, wait, when you're at home and you have a playoff game at home indoors. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and you have that that many more wins. Yeah. You're you didn't take the team that beat you to the limit. You got beat. I'm not listen, I'm not you you they the, the Cowboys lost. I'm not gonna say they got beat, they lost. They, they beat got themselves. Beat. They beat themselves with a little bit no, of help from the they rest. got beat. They but, got beat by the greatest quarterback of all time. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Are you serious? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna, Aaron, I'm gonna let you have that again. You Aaron Rodgers is the greatest. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I, I said that. I said that from. A, I said that probably about maybe two or three years ago, and I think people are finally starting to see the light. Over Tom like, Brady? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. And wow. I'm a Michigan guy. I'm a wow. Michigan fan. <laughs> but no, okay. from a from a Over Brett Favre. My favorite quarterback was well my ask, my favorite quarterback of all time was Peyton Manning. To me he's the best quarterback of all time. Um that was new, new, wait, 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 you mean you mean new arm Peyton Manning or you mean Brett Favre who threw the, the ball to the other team as much as he threw it to I mean, he his was a gunslinger, though. He was a gunslinger, though. Oh, I mean, okay. had, like, Aaron Rodgers never commits mistakes. Like, he was a gunslinger. Aaron Rodgers actually, actually, is the best Aaron quarterback on the run. Point. He's the best quarterback at being, at creating something out of nothing. Like, on that last play, I don't know if you saw the tweet that somebody sent out. I think it was a reporter when they were talking to, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, who told him that, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers, that play, Rodgers was just telling receivers where to go. Like it was not a play. He just told receivers where to go. And I mean that 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 right there was spectacular. Like the fact that he was just directing receivers to go wherever they needed to go to get you know the ball out. And that was just that was money. And that made that play all the more better. But I'm not gonna go as far as to say the man is the best wide receiver. I mean the best quarterback of all of all time. I mean of all okay. time. I mean last ten years I give you that. But I mean of all time. Of all the most the most the most talented. The most gifted quarterback, complete quarterback of all time, and I don't honestly, I really don't think it's that much of an argument. Like here, here are my here are my points. If we gonna go quote unquote break it down, all right, the arm strength is as good as Elway and Marino, right? The, those guys are generally regarded as having the, the strongest arms and far too. His arm strength is as strong as those. His mobility is better than virtually any pocket, quote-unquote, pure pocket passer. He ain't a McNabb or a Vic, but he's no statue standing in the pocket. His accuracy is uncanny. I think he has a touchdown-to-interception ratio that nears, that's at least four to one, which is... Two times better, not one time better, but almost two times better than, than any other, than the next best quarterback in NFL history. That means I'm throwing four touchdowns to one interception. Do you know 
how amazing that is. Listen, I'm not saying that the man See, ain't those good. Are I'm, not the facts. Going, I'm not even telling him that he is, the uh, uh, like I said, over the last five to ten years. But I'm not going to knock the facts. I'm not knocking Peyton Manning. I mean, the best quarterback of all time has to be more than ratios. Come on, man. Right? It's, not, it's, not just, it's not just ratios. I just I gave you his accuracy. All right, I understand. Hmm. Put it like this. That, that doesn't I'm, count. I'm, you got, you got, you got, you got. I'm giving you four names in their prime for you to start off a franchise with. You pick one. Okay. Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh God, oh my God, names on Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe Montana. Five names. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I want, I want, I'm going to say this slowly so that everybody in podcast land can understand. Aaron Rodgers. Over all over those four names, you're going to pick Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, out of that group? Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> I will say this. Next on my list will probably be maybe Marino. Maybe, maybe Marino in today's game. Because you can't you can't touch you can't touch the quarterbacks. He's got a rocket right. on arm. Okay, and then maybe Montana after that, and then I guess you would say Brady after that. Brady and then Matt. <laughs> Listen, the, the 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 book was out supposedly on Aaron Rodgers, right? As somebody after Dallas beat Aaron Rodgers, I think I forget somebody wrote a column. I don't know if it was on Money Morning Quarterback or what. That was like, yo. The way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to not blitz him. You need four good pass rushers so that way you can rely on him to rely on them to put pressure on him to get to him and drop people in coverage. Okay, that's what you need because then you make you gotta let him beat you from the pocket, not on the run, not on the edge, not scrambling around trying beat him in the pocket. Be, he beat let him beat you in the pocket. And I thought that was a great article because it had hit some valid points. Like if you looked at what how Aaron Rodgers played when he was outside of the pocket and when he would get chased around. His completion percentages and all of that stuff like that. I mean, astronomical. I mean, when he was in the pocket lately, he was getting stopped. Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys had no. That's that's, they that's, had that's the, you, Okay, wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry, there's the Dallas Cowboys fan. The only reason you say, only reason that that's quote unquote the book per se is because he doesn't have great receivers who get themselves open. Aaron Rodgers throwing you. Oh, he's receiver. I'm not gonna say great. He's, right, right, he's he's right, right. He's a decent receiver. He's a very he's a very good no, receiver. It, it just how, like what? Just three, four years ago, Randall Cobb was on was on the verge. Mm, he was one of the top receivers in the league. Randall just Cobb was you get, Wait, there's a difference between getting a lot of catches and the quarterback throwing open. Randall Cobb was getting thrown open by Aaron Rodgers. Getting thrown open because those guys don't get a lot of separation. It's a like let's be honest. You talking about Randy? You talking about Tom Brady, right? You had Randy Moss and Gronk, two of the cheat codes that have ever cheated a cheat code, correct? And okay. The human cheat, and the human cheat code and Bill Belichick, correct? Right. Joe Montana. The cheat code had, had the original cheat code and Bill Walsh and the GOAT wide receiver and Jerry Rice, correct? Okay. Go, go, go ahead because i got a Peyton Manning. I've got some Peyton names Ma- that Aaron Rodgers had that were some great targets. 
Go ahead. Peyton, Peyton, yeah, great. You, you don't, don't you dare bring up the Greg Jennings and all those types. They don't uh, but, care you know, to I'm Greg. I'm Donald Dropper, Greg Jennings. I mean, those she two right there alone. We, we talk, Donald Dropper so was the top receiver. What are you talking about? Greg Jennings Jabari. was with the back Jabari. We're not talking about good. We're talking about cheat codes. Jerry Rice, cheat code. Randy Moss, cheat code. Gronk, cheat code. So First of all, he good. didn't even win. Tom Brady didn't even win a Super Bowl with, with Randy Moss at the end. Yeah, but he, he threw lost. fifty touch. But he threw fifty touchdowns in the season with Randy okay, Moss. Okay, take Randy Moss away. Where the hell did Rob Gronkowski come from? Ain't nobody Wait. Was giving him props until he was. It don't late. matter. He, Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end in NFL history. Look at what he's winning now, Mike. Look, look at what he's winning with right now. Julian Edelman. You mean to tell me that you going you gonna sell me on Julian Edelman? Wes Walker no. was nothing before what before Tom Brady starts throwing passes to him. No, I know who he was. No, but but I but I do think that New England's scheme is far better than any scheme that Aaron Rodgers has. I think I thought I think you can put Aaron Rodgers in New England's scheme and they would look as good as not better. You ain't gonna sell me in those schemes, man. Because Aaron well, Rodgers, no, 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 got Mike look. McCarthy, who's a damn good offensive coach. You know, they got Don Capers on the defense, who was a damn good defensive coordinator, and he can create schemes too. I mean, look at what he did against Dallas. Dallas, they played five defensive backs most of the whole damn time, and they said, "Yo, you beat us like this." And it Jabari, 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 we you talking about winning in the field? They ain't got Don Capers' defense. They got nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. And look at it like this. It doesn't matter. Look at it like this. Look at what I'm saying to you. Look at how wide open the New England receivers are when Brady throws them the ball compared to not how wide open those Packers receivers are. Aaron Rodgers has to throw the ball on, on the freaking frozen ropes to get them where they are into, into coverage and hope that the guy catches the ball, Catch, throwing the ball before the break, doing everything that's necessary. It is a completely different thing, in my opinion, in my humble opinion as an observer, that there is no talent comparison between All right, but, Aaron, but you know what, though? You're trying, to, you're trying to sell me on that. What did Bill Belichick win before he got to New England with Tom Brady? You just give me that. He what was coaching the Cleveland Browns. All right, he was coaching the New York Jets too, but at the same time, I ask you, what did he give you? What did he win before he got to Tom Brady? Before Tom Brady was his quarterback, what did Bill Belichick win? Not a damn and I, and thing. I, I counter, and I counter with that with how many yards did Tom Brady throw for in his first Super Bowl since Tom Brady was the end-all, be-all? How many, when they beat the greatest show on turf, when they were, uh, I think, a two-touchdown underdog, how many yards? Tell me, off the top of your head, Jabari, how many yards? I don't know. Yards? I'm not, well, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that. You don't remember? I'll tell no, you. 125 yards. So you mean to tell me that, that that was Tom Brady winning that Super Bowl, throwing 125 yards, beating the greatest show on turf? Or was that the mastermind of a coach who might have filmed the other team I practicing the same time, for it? At the same time, okay, that defense came up and played, but at the same time, how many yards did Tom Brady throw in the other damn three Super Bowls? I mean, come Actually, on, man. Yeah, no, he no, he had a pretty good Super Bowl. I mean, he had a pretty good Super Bowl against Carolina, and then he had really, and then he had great Super Bowls against uh, the Seattle, uh, New, uh, your Philly team, your your Philly team. Yeah, Seattle and, and, Seattle. and the Eagles. Yeah, and and that and that Seattle defense against that Seattle defense. Come on, 
No, oh, wait, but what happened to lost that what game had, had Ryan not lifted what the ball? Maybe Brady, maybe, maybe the Pages would have lost that game, but they didn't. What I'm not disputing wait, Aaron Rodgers wait. being a good quarterback. You just said of all time, man. I just can't yeah. believe all time. Okay, I'm not buying all time thing. Here, here's, my, here's my question to you. Did Michael Jordan become the greatest of all time once he hit that jumper against Utah? You said did he? What, what did he become the greatest of all time, or was he already there? Nah, I'm giving MJ that before. I'm giving MJ before okay. that jump. Was he was he the greatest of all time before he hit those threes against Clyde Drexler? No, he wasn't. I think he was the greatest of all time after after I'm gonna give MJ solidifying his role as the greatest of all time after the Seattle final. As the Seattle Finals, I'm like, yo, he's, he's the greatest. He, he, had never, he had come back. He had come his, back and just again three more times. Wait, you know his worst like he, in, wait, 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 His worst NBA final. So if you if you look at the if you look at hey say look at stats, you look at it. That was the NBA Finals that Jordan struggled the most, and right, that's the, the one that solidified him as the greatest of all time. To me, once he beat Seattle in that time, and after he beat Seattle in that Finals. I'm going to give MJ, I'm going to say, yo, he was, he struggled in that finals. Remember, what he he overcame, okay, after, you know, the Orlando debacle, when they got trounced by Orlando, this man came back the next year, and that was the first of three straight again. So I'm like, yo, you, after that. And you, matter of fact, if you, want to, if you want to take that from me, if you want to put that in the mix, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go at maybe after the first time he beat Utah. Okay, the second time I'm not going to, because that second time he was good too, but after the first time he beat Utah, I'm gonna do it because that was in the mer- the middle. Even if he had did it twice, back to back, coming back off of the season, you know, we only played half the season after his, you know, coming back out of that retirement, and then he did it again. Like, I mean, come on, I mean, that's unheard of. People don't take a year off from the NBA and then come back and win three straight titles again. Like, come on, that's that's that was ridiculous. I'm gonna give him that after that. Not after that shot, because in my head he was already the best after that, after that before that shot. He, I hate to say it like this. But he, to me, he was he was the best when he retired the first time. I mean, you can do that. I, mean, I, I guess in, 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 in basketball, and it's completely different because in basketball you can affect both ends. You can affect both ends of the floor. Right. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, only, it's and only 12, 12 guys to the roster, five guys on the floor. It's thing. completely That's different. But, but my point is, my point is, John Havlicek has seven rings. Neil says when say Havlicek is the greatest player of all time. No. Bill Russell's got 11. We don't really say that Russ is the greatest player of all time. We just, my, we just, my thing is this. That my thing is this. If you want to look at, out of all those quarterbacks I just mentioned to you, Tom Brady has played, and, 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 and I'm not going to, Donald Driver, Randy Moss is probably the best wide receiver that Tom Brady's ever played with, right or wrong. Correct. Okay. And he won nothing with him. Tom Brady has won more with less, okay? He's won more with less. Wes Walker, Julian Edelman, guys like that. I mean, uh, dude, now he's winning with fucking with, with tight ends. He went on tight ends. Did you just cuss? Yeah, that's what I said. He's winning with tight ends. Okay. You, you, hey, we got, clearly we're going to have to bleep that out. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, let me ask you a question. Does coaching matter, yes or no? In some respect, yeah. No, 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 no. In some respect, it does matter. I I think in football, coaching matters so much more than in basketball. I really do. 
I think coaching that I think you cannot win. I don't think you yeah, can. Yeah, I don't know about that because did, did, did Tony Dungy win the coach Super Bowl or was he or did he just or, or or was it Peyton Manning already at that you know in his prime and they were just ready to do it? So and, you so you just so you discrediting Tony Dungy? Dun- no, I'm not. I'm not discrediting him. I'm saying who had more to do with them winning the Super Bowl that year, Tony Dungy or Peyton Manning? Wait, to answer, to flip it back on you, Jabari, you're the one who brought up what did Bill Belichick win before Tom Brady. So I will flip it back on you and say what did Peyton Manning win before Tony Dungy? Well, no, I'm not. Listen, Tony I, Dungy, I, I Tony Dungy turned that defense around, and that was one of the big reasons that they, they got past that year. So this, but I'm not going to ask you, let's say that coaching defense, matter? Oh, but, but see, here's the thing. Let's say Peyton Manning goes out for the season that year. Or goes out the season before the AFC Championship game, right? And they're playing. Do the do the Colts win? Do do they win that year? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, that's why I say in some respect yes, and in some respect no. I'm not gonna say that it matters completely because you can't tell me that. I mean, Mike McCarthy, as good as he is, what, does Aaron Rodgers win without Mike McCarthy there? Vice versa? Does that happen? I don't think Mike McCarthy's that good. So you think it's all Aaron Rodgers then? You don't think it's you don't think it's McCarthy at all? I think that I, I think when you look at some of the losses that Green Bay has had in the playoffs, I think you can directly point them to Mike McCarthy. Directly, you look at the Seattle loss a couple of years ago in the NFC title game when they when they were spotted twenty points and Aaron Rodgers was on a bad cast, and McCarthy went so conservative so early that it allowed Seattle to come back. That's a coaching loss. You also look at let's look at. This past weekend, McCarthy almost gave it away then with his conservative play calling. Running on, running on first and nah, second down. At the, no, nah, at the end, Dallas wait, wait, the wait, second wait. Half. They were much more physical at the line of scrimmage. They were pressing receivers and forcing them to they, they couldn't run their routes as Chris okay. he was in the first half. So, so that means you run on first and second down with your team only up at one score? I'm not gonna say he's conservative, man. He's just trying to win. Yes, he's trying yes, to win a game. Yes, like he, he said that a... he said AA. He was trying to get his running game on. His defense was gassed. Like he's trying to sit up here and preserve his defense because at that point, you know what I'm saying? But like, he doesn't it, it, have a running back. He doesn't have a running back. You can't run unless you have a running back. All right. Well, listen. I'm not. Just, well, yes, you can. You just got the running back and the offensive line. They got to create something. You know what I'm saying? Like, but really? they didn't. And then you leave the ball to Aaron Rodgers on third down. All right. With the puppy listen. dog eyes, Aaron Sabers. I'll tell you what. Aaron Rodgers beats the Falcons in Atlanta, and then he goes and, and, and wins the Super Bowl, which is likely probably going to be over, you know, Tom Brady. And that's, this is going to be the perfect tour right now. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Okay? Let's, let, the battle for it all. Okay? Let's see. Let's see. If he's the real deal, he's going to run the table like he predicted, and so far he's right. They're running the table right now. But I think they'll lose against the Falcons because I think that the, the, the Green Bay defense is suspect. I think Dallas figured something out in the second half. Atlanta's going to see it, okay? If you try to play one-on-one coverage against Julio Jones, he will eat you alive. Uh, right. I another way. What's that? What's, what's, what's Julio Jones? Wait, what's Julio Jones? Another cheat code that Aaron Rodgers has never had? Nah, but you're not, like I told you before, man, like Donald Driver was a legit receiver. Yo. No, he no, was, no. He was not, a good receiver. He's not Julio Jones. He's not you're not. Ball, you're not. He ain't no, trash no. either. I didn't say trash. Trash was the receiver that McNabb had before T.O. That was trash. Donald Driver was an average to decent, average to good receiver, but not right, good great, great, and great and not cheat dope. code. And not cheat code. Greg Jones was good? Yeah, good. Once again, good. 
but okay. not cheat code. Not so, even great. So, so you're saying Tom Brady's cheat code is Bill Belichick? He's had Bill Belichick. He had Gronk. He had another guy who was really, really good, who we will so not have on this podcast. So cheat codes at his disposal or never had any cheat codes at his disposal? No, he never had a cheat code, but what, he is the cheat code. That's a problem. Um, <laughs> he is a cheat code. He is the cheat code. Okay. No, no, no. Jo- I, Jordy Jordy, Jordy at his best is, was, was a great receiver before his injury. He was a great receiver, no doubt. Not a cheat code, but he was great. That was the one great receiver that he had, but not a listen, cheat code. Listen, I might give you the Greg Jennings thing because after Greg Jennings left Green Bay, he was probably never heard from again. He went to Minnesota and flamed out. Okay, so so I'm not, but at that at the same principle, so he didn't really have a quarterback to throw him the ball at that point either. But the elite wide receivers make bum quarterbacks. And Donald players. Driver's best years were with Brett Favre. Brett Favre, I understand Rodgers. that. that but he, he, he was 34 time, he was years okay. old. He was 34 years old. He's still good. Like I told, you, he's not going to be as he's not. He wasn't elite like Julio Jones and Randy Moss was. He wasn't. But Donald Driver was a reliable receiver that Aaron Rodgers trusted. And 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 if that's the case. What is Jordy Nelson right now? Is he, the, is he in the same boat? No, he's better than Donald Driver. All right, so then guess what? Then maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a but he won, but he got somebody but Aaron, on the verge. But Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers just won two playoff games without Jordy Nelson. No, I didn't. Jordy Nelson played last week. Yesterday got hurt. He got hurt. He got his ribs he, hurt. And, and he played got, early in. He, got, he was out early in the games. All right, then Dominic Rodgers, Kamari was out too. So what if they had? What if the Giants had? What, what if they had their best what, cornerback what, playing? Jabari, what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is, listen to me. What I'm saying to you is, is that Jordy Nelson had no effect on that game. He went out so early. He had no effect on the game. So Aaron Rodgers basically, so Aaron Rodgers basically won two playoff games without his good to great wide receiver. Okay, fine. That good to great wide receiver that's not going to be there this weekend in Atlanta in a game I don't think Green Bay is going to win. Aaron Rodgers is your favorite quarterback, right? That's, that, it's fair to say he's your favorite quarterback, right? Definitely, but okay. definitely before him, who was it? That's a good question. Before him, it was probably Montana or Steve Young. And you've taken Steve, Steve Young. Today, was a le- Steve Young was a lefty, and, and I'm a lefty, so I, I I rock with Steve to a degree. But you know, you grow up on Joe Montana, basically. All my time rocking out with you, I never knew that you was a lefty. I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was crazy. Man. That's all, I'm, 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 yeah, I play basketball. I play sports left-handed, and I do everything else right-handed. But I just call myself a lefty. Uh, must be why your jump shot is Trizash. Um Nick Van X will like streaky. <laughs> like, streaky. Yo, uh what am I what, what what's going on with 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 Raj online though, man? I've been meaning to ask you this for uh, a minute and you know, I, I wanted to kinda let it play out. Every single week it seems like it's something new going on. I mean, from him getting benched to him having a meeting <laughs> with Gar Foreman to him now coming out and saying that, you know, the team is doing what's best for him and he doesn't believe it. Um, what's the situation out there, man? Because it doesn't seem like I, I really had high hopes for the Chicago Bulls. You know, I thought Rajon Rondo got his act together. I thought that, you know, that year in Sacramento maybe kind of helped him a little bit. Um, Dallas was, was a disaster. Um, right. right now he was going to come to Chicago and just kind of, you know, in his – 
run as an elite point guard in the, in the NBA. He's no longer elite, but by in his run as a solid point guard on a good note because after this, I'm not sure where he – I don't know if he's – I think he's out of the league. I really do. I don't think – I, I don't. I think he's out of the league. After Chicago just decides what to do with him, I'm not sure there's a team out there that's going to take a chance on Rajon Rondo. I mean, those, those type of guys, you deal with them while they're talented, but it's clear Rajon Rondo is no longer the talented sport guard he once is, man. So what is up with him? Because I really thought this was his last chance, and this is getting dangerous territory now. All right, well – to, to start it, let me say start it back to the start it back from the bottom. Tell me, tell me Rajon Rondo's biggest warts. Look, we just not playing the game of trivia. Just tell me the two most obvious things about Rajon Rondo that you knew before this season. Not not just on the floor, just on the floor. Tell me the two he biggest things shoot. that you like. He can't okay. shoot. Right. And he's a he's a suspect defender. Okay, boom. Okay, right. Let's stop right there. So. He came to Chicago as a person who was a suspect, who couldn't shoot, and was a suspect or indifferent defender. Right? You knew that. I knew that, which meant the Chicago Bulls knew that. Correct? All right. All right. What is Rajon Rondo's biggest problems in Chicago this year compared to this year? He's a suspect defender and he can't shoot. So Rajon Rondo has done nothing different than he's been anywhere else in his career. So yeah, Rondo, but before he played. was a playmaker. He was a playmaker. He, he you know, he was racking a book. Can, like you can, you can't take that away from him on all. He but wait, he, he still he, he was a good had a good court vision. He just was able to no, fill no. the game better. So no, I no, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But the problem is when he's playing next to Dwayne Wade, when he's playing next to Jimmy Butler, guys like that who need the ball and who don't prefer to be set up themselves then that takes away a lot of power Rajon Rondo's going to have himself. Now, if you put Rajon Rondo out there with a, lot, with a lot of those young guys on the Bulls team who don't have a name for themselves, who just run plays and who will follow his lead, he's going to do well with them and they're going to do well with him. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I want to say a bad, a bad mix, but it was. It was a bad mix. They signed Rondo a week before they signed Dwayne Wade. So, the promises that they made to Rajon Rondo when they signed him were completely different than the realities when he came to training camp. And I don't think it necessarily makes it anybody's fault, but I would be careful to have someone scapegoat him because the one thing Rajon, he hasn't really acted up. Because Rajon Rondo knows he's on his two strikes, on his second, on his third strike, basically. He doesn't want to wind up like Josh Smith or some, you know, someone like that playing in China at 30 years old. He wants to stay in the league, still collect these checks, and, and do what he's got to do in the state. I have a lot so, of bulls trying to save him. Like, what if they don't have no obligation in him? Why are trying to save him for us? They're not, but, they're not, but they're not trying to save him. Jabari, a coach, an assistant coach, said that to him, and I'm sure I know who the assistant coach was, but an assistant coach said that to him in a moment when he was getting benched. I'm don't going, we all I'm, know who, who said it to him? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't it out already? It's not out, but it, it's highly suspected. Isn't this the same guy he had a problem with before? Yes, it's highly suspected that that's who it is, but but we don't have to confirm. Oh, but yeah, but but yeah. So for so for me, I have a I have a big problem with the framing of the blaming of Rajon Rondo when he it it would be different if he came here to Chicago with all the reputation. 
and started acting up. It'd be different if he came here as a ball player who was a really good shooter and could no longer shoot, or as a really good defender who could no longer defend. So when you sign someone who has these warts, you're signing him knowing that these warts exist and that they're probably not going to change. So if he's being who he's always been, is that his fault for being who he's always been? Or is that somebody else's fault for not having the foresight? Or, or that it's a bad mix? That's why I have a problem with blaming Rajon Rondo for this, because he's been Rajon Rondo. Javon, let me tell you this. Let me, let me, let me, let me tell you this. Look, I have a sister, right? I have an older sister. And let's say there's some dude named, magical dude, not you, named Jabari, right? And Jabari has a history of womanizing. And my sister knows that Jabari has a history of womanizing, right? So she comes to me and asks me I'm not feeling this example, by the way, but go ahead. Okay, but... but you, you put me on a womanizer. People going to believe that. Just roll. I, I get your point. I get your point. Go ahead. Just roll. Just, you get me, but I'm going to get the listeners to. Let me... Let, let's get the rock, listeners to rock with us, right? So... So my sister says, well, you know, I want to date this guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, but he, you know, I've seen him dog a few girls out. I think I'm this, though. I think I'm, I think I'm going to be the one to change him. And I'm going to say, look, if you date him, I'm going to support you no matter what. But if he does the same thing to you that he does to them, I can't be surprised and neither can you. Correct? All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's all so, so who are you blaming? You blame it. You blame the front office. I, I wish. I wish. I believe had they had a more firm plan. Like if if you do your intel on July one, and you know that you you think that Dwayne Wade is possibly coming. And granted, you couldn't have known that because him and the Heat have gone through that dance, you know, for the past you know two or three summers. You know, maybe you don't sign Rondo immediately. Maybe you wait and see how that plays out. And if Rondo is truly on his third strike and you have done your intel, then you don't have to worry about anybody else swooping in and signing. You can take your time. <clears throat> the, there, there's a benefit to the Bulls' struggles right now. It's well, that the benefit is, that the Indiana Pacers and the Milwaukee Bucks are struggling. <laughs> if those two teams played the way that we all thought that they would play, and Milwaukee and Detroit up and down, if they and the Detroit Pistons, right? Chicago should very well be last in that division. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the only benefit that I see and out of this whole in the situation. East. Was and that? that's seventh in the East. The yeah, seventh no, in the and, East that's, East. and that's the scary part. Everybody keeps asking me. You know, we get these questions that we have to be submitted for our roundtable thing that we do for the Spurs, the SA Sports Nation magazine out here. And one of the questions that frequently gets put out there is, well, is the East catching up to the West? I'm like, no. Anytime you see a team that's in fifth like New York Knicks was like two weeks ago and dropped to like 11th, that's not a sign of a good conference. That's a sign of an unstable conference. You don't see as many flip-flopping that's going on in the West. Like, teams stay in positions mostly all of these, except for the Clippers because they can't be trusted, okay? Um, 
And, you know, so that's the only benefit I see from this whole Chicago Bulls. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to ask you how this thing is going to end, but I think I already know. I think the rest of the NBA knows, too. Like, Rondo, Rajon Rondo may not live out his time in Chicago, and the Bulls are a first-round team. <laughs> in and out. No. Here's the, here is the rub, Mr. Jabari Young. And here's why I think this is, this, to me, this is what makes it all the more intriguing. Predictable, but intriguing, right? Well, John Rondo knows he's on his third strike, right? Right? The Bulls know Rondo's on his third strike, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, so, so, so they know, the Bulls know that we can jerk Rajon around all around. We can play, take him out of the lineup, put him back in, whatever you want to call it. We know that he can't act up or be disruptive because if he does, he's out of the league. And yeah. we don't have, and we don't have to trade him, A, because we don't, there probably isn't a real market unless a point guard goes down for the long term and a team needs some type of backup replacement. So there is no rush to trade him, considering, especially with the fact that they have the, the option at the end of the season to buy him out for three days out, you know, before next year. So I think unless something drastic happens, no, I don't think Rondo's going to get a buyout. No, I don't think they're going to trade him. This is just going to be, this is going to be an uneasy dance. Remember that? I'll, I'll, I'm going to go back, take you back to another movie reference. You're going to like this one. Remember the movie Hitch? Yeah. With uh, Will Smith and uh, Kevin yeah. James, right? Yeah. Remember, Hitch was trying to teach him how to dance. You know, tell him how does he do, how does he dance in a situation. And he was talking about going all wild and doing all this, you know, doing the running man and all this other type of stuff. And Will Smith told him, stay inside the box. Two steps. Just don't go nowhere. Stay inside this small box. It don't look, it don't look right, but it, it's functional, right? That's exactly what the Bulls and Rondo are doing. They are staying inside this small, narrow box, doing this same old two-step Jabari, and it's not going. To, it doesn't look comfortable, but it's it's going to be as comfortable as possible for them. They ain't going nowhere. So this thing is going to be, I think, uneasy for the rest of the season, which is going to make it really fun for us to cover because inevitably something's going to happen that's going to force someone's head one way or the other. And I actually feel for Rondo in this situation because he signed up for something that he did not get. Hmm. And Rondo has never Rondo has never purported himself to be something that he's not. Rondo is that Jabari character that I was telling you about, who's a womanizer. He told everybody, I'm a womanizer. If you rock with me, this is what I do. If you get with me, this is what you're going to get. <laughs> so Jabari, Phil, Phil that's the, uh, huh? Feel free to a um, not ever recite a line from Hitch again. Feel free to feel free to not ever recite a line from Hitch again. Okay, that movie was okay. It wasn't it wasn't nothing. I'm, I know the line. <laughs> no, no, no I, I, it was just a scenario in it where you're talking about dance. I really it wasn't. Well, nothing. I, I, I know the part. I just don't remember the the, the, the lines from it. I don't remember the stay in the box line. But B, you can feel free to stop calling me a womanizer at any given moment. I, <laughs> I know your example. I know. And C, feel free not to answer this question because you know I, I don't know what you know what you might be working on. But have you talked to Rajon Rondo's people at all? And if so, is it like anything that they're trying to get him out of there, or you know they just 
at peace with it and they're going to let it play out the way it has. Like, I mean, you don't have to answer that. I, I, I'm going to ask you, but you don't have to answer because, you know, you could be working on something. So if you want to plead the Fifth Amendment, you could just say the number fifth right now. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's nothing like that. I mean, of course you talk to people who are close to him, people around the league and, and stuff like that. They're kind of waiting to see because here's the thing. What they know about the Chicago Bulls franchise, they don't have a lot of experience with them. So they're trying to fill in the blanks of how things are going to work and what they're being told and everything else. And they know that Rajon is on his second strike. So it's not it's not a whole lot. It's almost like everybody's hands are tied and just going to have to deal with this uncomfortable situation for as long as it is. Like, Rajon may not be a top-flight point guard anymore, but you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that Rajon is not a useful point guard in the NBA just because he can't shoot. I'm sorry. That was plenty that of guys with plenty man, of weaknesses. Like, that, that was my thing. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost ready to – first of all, in, in my head, I was thinking, okay, what, what can this podcast be? And I was going to call it the Rajon Rondo slash Aaron Rodgers podcast. There you go. You know, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what the topics are, you know, we're most passionate about it because you don't like juice. And second of all um, – what coach out there is, is, I mean, if he becomes available, you know, I'm not sure people are going to give up anything via trade, but let's just say the Bulls say, you know what, just go on, get out of here, you know, and we'll buy you out, and, you know, he, he gets free. What coach out there who may be in need of a point guard or back a veteran point guard is going to take a chance on that? I can't imagine Doc Rivers taking a chance. I mean, Doc had that little spaz in Boston, right? I mean, we obviously well, I think know there's a mistake there. I think there's respect between him and Doc, though. There might be respect, but I'm not sure Doc was willing to take on that headache again. He took on that Lance Stevenson last year, and that was abysmal. Okay, so I'm sure Doc is like, yo, I'm done with that. I've got enough problems of my own, mainly keeping one of his superstars from punching people, and secondly, <laughs> keeping his other superstar from being injured. Okay, like that's those are which, which, is, which, is, which is why if Chris, if this Chris Paul thing turns out to be somewhat serious, yeah, yeah, but you got Randy. You got you got Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton is I, I I don't know. He's a better scorer than Rajon Rondo. Um, right. and I don't know. Like Raymond Felton, just he's a safe choice. Uh, Doc doesn't need anything like that, man. Because if Rajon Rondo gets there, he starts having another spaz out moment. Then you're possibly talking about Doc Rivers losing his job because then you you, you got to kind of start questioning his decision making. You no, know, bringing in and out. But once again. The same thing applies to Rondo in any other city that applies to Rondo in Chicago. They're talking about a player on a second strike. So that if he gets a third strike, he's going to have to walk this tightrope for as long as he's in the league. Unfortunately for him, where his past mistakes have basically caught up to him, and he can't afford to act up, no matter where he goes. Maybe it's Cleveland where Ty Lue is a, you know, Ty Lue is on that Boston staff. You know what? That might be a bad. That might not be a bad thing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that. 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 I could see Cleveland being 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 the alternative. That wouldn't be bad, you know, because obviously Mo Williams ain't there anymore, and he was one of your backups. And you know who they working with out there now? I mean, they, they obviously got Kyrie. Hey, you got Kate. I think Kate Felder is a, you know, is a backup. But yeah, and, a lot hey, of I really, really do miss Delavadova uh, in that backup role. I, I can see Ross Armand doing in, in Cleveland, but now if you Chicago and you're going to do that, you buy him out. Like, are you helping him? You know what I mean? Because I think that might be the next step. 
Because I think LeBron can keep him in check. I think Ty Lue can keep him in check. They do have a history in Boston, right? So I think that yeah. might be a good move. Now, right now, I was going to suggest, you know, well, I don't think the Spurs need another point guard. Uh, they, the Spurs need to probably, I think they'll be looking for another wing guy uh, but or, or a big man. Uh, but I, I can't necessarily think that they will use him. And then, you know, we obviously know, like I said, Rick Carlisle hates him. Um, and <laughs> there's no other place in the league I think that could utilize his services. I really don't. I mean, you know, so I can see that. Uh, Cleveland might be a good option for that. And by the way, my uh, phone's buzzing. You might hear it in the podcast because, you know, I'm not doing too much. I finally figured out, man. I, I finally figured out the format. You know, I think we've been relying on guests so much, and some people come through, some people don't. I'm just going to rock out. We're going to rock out ourselves, man. And, you know, credit to you, Vinny, because you've been putting this idea in my head. And I kept on saying, no, we need guests, we need guests. But you know what? Forget guests because they, they could be unreliable at times. So, um, but as my phone keeps buzzing, I, you know, the Yahoo Sports, is, they got the sources that say that, you know, Carmelo met with Phil Jackson and he wants to stay with, you know, reaffirms his decision to stay with the Knicks. I don't know if Carmelo Anthony is playing. Um, I don't know if he was drunk at the meeting. I don't know what his problem is to be telling Phil Jackson that I want to remain in New York. Why are you doing this to yourself, Carmelo? Why? You want to know why? Two, two words. Two words. You want to know la, two la. words? La, la. <laughs> My God, yo, she can stay in New York. Carmelo could go somewhere else. We talk about Chicago. Do they have enough assets to pull off a deal to bring Carmelo to Chicago? That would be no, good. No, no, they don't. And here's the here's the bigger problem. Here's the bigger problem. What is Carmelo's trade value at this time right now? Because right now, not, it's probably the lowest of his career, yo. I'm t- right. I don't know too many teams what out there. I was playing with the ESPN trade machine trying to figure out what to do. And any team out there that's a contender wouldn't have the, they wouldn't have the, 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 the money to pull it off. Because you got to trade contracts. You got to make the deal work numbers-wise. I don't think, you know, I, that's hard, man. Like, I mean, LA ain't no destination. What team What team could use? Because I, I still think that Carmelo has value, I think, in New York with, with the Lakers, Lakers. Trey Luau Dane. <laughs> no, well, you know, a, team that's, a team that's worth a damn right now. That's what I mean. I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. If you Pat Riley, do you just take a chance and try to rebuild your organization around Carmelo? You know, nah, you got at, 30, at, 30, at 33 years old, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know too many teams out there that would be willing to make that move, yo. Like, I, got, I got an interest. I have an interesting team for you. In Toronto. Interesting. Toronto. No. no. I got an interesting team for you that I don't trust worth a damn. I don't trust their front office. I don't trust their coaching. I don't trust anything but their location. Oh, wait, wait. Let me, let me think about this. Give me an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. In the East? In the East. Are they bad right now, or are they good? Well, who's really good in the East? I mean, you know, Cleveland and Toronto, when they want it, depending on a given night, but... It's not uh, Cleveland or Toronto, no. Well, no, I'm saying, are they, like, in the playoff picture right now? Yes, they're, they're in the playoff picture right now. Uh, I'm going to go Indiana. The Washington Wizards. Carmelo uh, is a Baltimore native. Yeah. It you might be if you put him with John Wall and Bradley Beal, he can slide in as that one one A option. 
he won't have to dominate the ball because Wall is yeah. a really good point guard. You know You become a threat again if you watch and then you get that you pull that move off. And no, you don't. You, no, you don't become a threat because Scott Brooks is your head coach. Well, I'm talking about a threat to finish in the top three. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it could be good. Yeah, like they can, they, they can elevate themselves, man. But, you know, like, I mean, I, I think that Scotty, you know, has took the time to, you know, really rethink his whole structure. And Washington is starting to play better, to his credit. Because um, they've had a lot of home games. They've had 23 yeah. home games in 19 on the road. That's half the battle, right? You're 41 and 41. you got to win on your home floor, too. <laughs> I mean, like, and in the East, you can, lose, you can win all your home games and lose all your road games and still make playoffs. Like, you can finish 41 and 41 and make the playoffs. Like, um, well, you're going to have all four 41 and 41 teams in the East. Looking. But, no, I honestly think that, you know, maybe that D.C. market wouldn't be, quote-unquote, Big enough for Melo, but we're talking about in a pure basketball sense. Jabari, you put him with John. You put him with John Wall. John Wall, the one man fast break, and an improving outside shooter, but somebody you give him the jump shot. Yeah, man. You put him with, la, la, you la, put la, him with right away, so it wouldn't even be that bad. You and you put him with Bradley Beal, who's not as reliable health wise, but can be can give you thirty on a given night. You add you drop Carmelo in there as that it, it takes the pressure off of him to have to be the guy every night to take the pressure off of those young guys to have to be the guy every night. I think that will be the place for them. The problem is, A, I don't trust Ernie Grunfeld worth a damn as far as to put together a trade worth anything. Secondly, I don't trust the Knicks to give up to, to actually trade Carmelo because they want to keep Madison Square Garden filled and everything. Nah, but you won't keep him filled. You won't keep the field, though, because you got Christoph Porzingis. You know, I think... I think people in Knicks fans aren't coming to see the, the, the Bulls because of Carmelo anymore. I think they're coming to see Christoph Porzingis. Like, and that's the, that's one of the issues with New York right now. They can't they can't really facilitate the changing of power in this franchise. Like we're going to see when you know President Elect Donald Trump takes the reins for the country, and they can't there. facilitate that power in the right way. They can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like they cannot. They can't say, yo, they can't get Carmelo and in the room and say, listen, you don't want to be traded cool, but you got to understand something. This ain't your team anymore. This We're building around Christoph Porzingis. We're not keeping Derrick Rose. He's gone. He's out of here. Okay, Derrick is gone. And we're building around this guy. So if you not well, if you don't want to get traded, then you got to be a soldier and fall in line. I don't think Phil's going to have that conversation. That's why you need somebody off the Madison Square Garden that's going to tell Carmelo like it is. Is Alan Henderson still around there, man? Alan, is he still around? I'm not sure. I'm, now that I'm not, now that I'm not sure. Yeah, I want to know. Like, the, the, like keep it real with him, man. Like, yo, Carmelo, this is the issue. This is the issue because right now all they're doing is they're exchanging media blurbs. One dude is saying this, Carmelo's coming out in public, and then you know, Bill's going behind back doors and saying stuff. It appears, and now Carmelo's finding out about it in public, and that makes him have to answer stuff. Yo. I just don't understand. Like that. This is then this, then this then this is Phil's fuck. Cause Phil starts everything. Think about it. Phil starts the stuff with LeBron James, which automatically has to filter back to Carmelo. Phil starts this stuff by by. Well, Phil, uh, you can see what Phil's doing, right? He's trying to force Carmelo to leave. <laughs> that's what he's trying to do. He doesn't okay, want to there. But, but but if that's the case, if that's Carmelo the case, not, he's, just, he's not picking up on the sauce. No, 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 but it's not. Guess what? If that's the case, don't do it through. Don't do it through the media. Don't do it that way. Because Phil is never. Because here's my thing: if you're going to do it through the media in that way, 
then Phil should bring his lurch ass out and talk to them and talk to the media and hold himself accountable for what the New York Knicks have not been able to do since he's been there. Don't go through the back doors and then make yourself completely unaccountable when things happen. Like when Derrick Rose goes AWOL, you're leaving Jeff Hornacek to answer those questions, and then you and then you do something like this. People talk about the Isaiah Nick being being the peak of this function. This, to me, is far worse than Phil Jackson lurking in the shadows and not showing up to games and not being accountable. When you're making twelve million dollars and you're and you're the president of the New York Knicks, you need to be accountable. If you want to trade Carmelo Anthony, this is you this is not the usual suspects and he is not Kyrie Gasolte. There is no reason why he can't be transparent with Carmelo and his people and say, you know, maybe we need to go somewhere else. Let's get Brandon on the phone. Call it Brandon. I don't know what the hell is going out there in New York, man. <laughs> Brandon, 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 we, we are not going to get Brandon Jennings in trouble. And I, I feel sorry for Brandon, man. We, Brandon, you know, I'm still in Joe Budden's line. I love, love Joe Budden's podcast. But Brandon Jennings, he's a friend of the Point Game podcast, right? That's our homie, right? Brandon yeah, he's cool. definitely a friend. We're not going to put him on the spot. We ain't going to put him on the spot like that. We're, we're know, I feel bad for him. Yeah, we're I feel bad for him, though, because he's actually, he started the preseason really well, and now, um, you know, he's putting that – and he bet on himself. Like, Phil talked him into coming to New York and, and signed that one-year deal, and he took it, and he bet on himself. And, um, you know, if there's anybody on that roster, you're like, yo, this is really ruining him. It's Brandon and I, Chris Oster. Would you rather have Brandon James over John Rondo? I'd rather have Brandon James. I'd yeah. rather have Brandon James. And, Brandon, and only because Brandon is younger, he's a better shooter. And mm-hmm. uh, he's a playmaker too, but you just add that shooting element to it. Like Brandon, Brandon, with all due respect, you know he he's he's not the best defender in the world, but he's a better playmaker. And he's a better shooter. He's not a liability on the offensive end when it comes to leaving somebody open. No, teams can no, teams can double down on somebody. Lee Rodgers and Rondo say, "Yo, you beat me," and he won't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like really, Brandon can make you pay from the outside if if you leave him open like that. Um, no, but so, and, so so it's so what so basically. At the midpoint of what was supposed to be a boring NBA season, we have Rondo drama, we have Knicks drama, melodrama, <laughs> like that. And we got, and look, we, we got, this is a pretty intriguing NBA season, even though it's a bad NBA season. Says who? I know this is bad. This is a horrible NBA season. I was, you know, it's funny. I saw um, one of the players' uh, 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 uncle. Um, and I'm talking to him down at the Spurs, and I'm asking, yo, are you coming to him? You get tight with the games, and he's like, man, I'm not coming to those games. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing to watch. I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is nothing to watch at all. You got a whole, it's you a, got like three or four good teams in the league just playing a whole bunch of bad teams, and on any given night, a bad team might win, like the Phoenix Suns beat the Spurs in Mexico City, blah, blah, blah. But, but at I, the end but, of the day, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. No, <laughs> no, but see, but see, here. Here's here's why I differ from all of you. And if I'm an executive for the Pacers, the Bucks, the Bulls, the Pistons, Knicks, any of these teams that are like right that quote quote unquote mediocre and everybody is taking the stance of, well, everybody's playing for second place, nobody's gonna beat LeBron, nobody's gonna be guess what? You still have to do your job. This is not let's just pack up and wait for LeBron to retire or pack up and wait for Golden State's run to be over. 
No. Be a competitor. Go out there and get it. That's and my, that's why I'm, exactly, I'm trying that. to make my team better. And, and as you're saying that, that's why there's two teams right now in the East, other than the elite that I respect, okay? And that is the Milwaukee Bucks and, yes, the Philadelphia 76ers, okay? Like, I respect those teams because I respect the players. Like, Milwaukee is coming, okay? I saw that team when they played the Spurs down here and they beat the Spurs. Milwaukee is, like, on the verge. Uh, they're still going through their bumps and bruises because they're young. Okay, but they are coming, yo. Like, in another couple of years, Milwaukee should be top of the East. Like, they are serious. They are coming. And the Bulls now, I mean, and the, the Sixers, we obviously see now that they have their fate of one of their faces, depending on what Ben Simmons turns out to be, but in Joel Embiid. Like, you can't knock this. This dude is fun to watch. He's entertaining. Like, I mean, and that's half the battle. He's starting to put seats back into Philadelphia, even though the people know that the Sixers ain't going to win a championship no time soon or even make it to the playoffs. Basketball is starting to become interesting in that city again, and I think that was half the battle. You are getting the fans engaged once again. That's doing your job, right? You're building back up your fan base because now you have a team around a guy who's starting to, you know, starting to be known around the league. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's good. And, you know, other than that, man, like, you said it. Like, it's been... It's just been a whole bunch of bad basketball because the league is not balanced. It's not. Like, we already know the outcome. We know it's going to be either no, the Spurs no, no, see, or Warriors no, coming no, out of the West no. and then Cleveland coming out of the East. But see, this is why I disagree. This is why I completely disagree with the premise because just, okay, say the last 25 years. Pick out a year. Just pick out a year and follow me. Just pick out a year and don't say nothing. Just throw out a random year, and I'll prove something to you. 2014. Okay, so you were, like, literally two yeah, that years was the, That was the okay. year, okay. year that the Spurs won a championship. That was my okay. first NBA final. That stands out my head. Okay, 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 cool. So in 2014, you had San Antonio. You had Oklahoma City. Yep. You had Miami. Mm-hmm. Those were basically the three no, no, teams. No, no. Yeah, was Boston still there? No, Boston wasn't there. No, no. Who was still there at that point? No, who was the one that was they, challenging the Clippers? I mean, the, the Cavaliers that year. Oh, the, the not the Cavaliers. The Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. Uh, that was that was the dysfunctional Indiana Pacers. Right, the Indiana Pacers. But, that's when but no, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't consider them a, them a championship team. I considered them a good regular season team. But I didn't think right. they had the mental makeup to be a championship team. All right, so Cleveland, so, so three, City, so, San Antonio, and Miami. So, so, so I'm not saying Cleveland. Miami, I mean. Miami, right. San Antonio, Oklahoma City. Uh, the Warriors weren't ready at that time. They weren't ready. Right. Um, so, so, so throw me another year. Three teams. The only, those are the only three teams that had a realistic the, shot at Well, somebody team. finished third in the West that year. Was, was, that was, was the Clippers. Clippers? Yeah, and the Clippers were choke art. The Clippers choked the way that yeah, they weren't, they weren't ready yet. They weren't ready yet. Okay. So well, everybody thought Houston was, was going to be all right, but they, they made the playoffs that year, but they turned out to, you know, not be. As a matter of fact, that's the year that um, Houston beat. They lost to Portland in the first round after Lillard hit right. that game with a shot. So right. know, other than that, let's say Houston gets out of that series. So, okay, so right. So, no, but let's just – no no championship team just beating the first round. I don't care who you are. So – that's three teams. Like, pick, give me another year. Give me another year. Just throw out a random year. Uh, 
thousand and thirteen. No, two thousand twelve. That was the year the Sixers went to the to the, to the uh, Eastern Conference semifinals. And they, okay, they lost two thousand twelve. You had a Derrick Rose who got hurt the first game of the first game of the playoffs. But you yep. could say the Bulls. You could say you thought the Bulls were a borderline championship team. And you had the Heat, the Heat in year two. Over in the over in the West that year, Oklahoma City was coming off of the finals, but they already traded James Harden, right? They traded they traded Harden that preseason. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think they lost in the second round. That was year. Dallas still there? Who? Dallas? No. Dallas. Remember Dallas took the step yeah, back out. They start, they start, they yeah, they start. They start taking it down. They start taking it down. Right. Memphis. So, Memphis was there. Memphis so, was good. So, so Senate, so you know, so Oklahoma, so Oklahoma City wasn't there. Dallas wasn't there. The Clippers weren't there, and you had Boston. You forget you had Boston. Boston was still good because Boston took uh, Miami to seven in, in right. those conference finals. So you had three teams in the East, three, and in the West you had who did you have in the, who did you have in the West? Did you was that the Harden? Was that the uh, no? That was the Harden year. Oklahoma City went to the finals in twelve. So Oklahoma City. Right, Oklahoma City went to the finals, right. and they beat San they beat San Antonio in the Western Conference Finals. San Antonio mm-hmm. had won like twenty straight games uh, leading into that, and I think that was basically it. So, so what you're saying so you saying the league has always been like this for the last few years? It's always been like this. It's always been a but, handful of good teams. For, and I was, I was hoping that you would pick out a year that wasn't in recent memory to take me back. Just, just randomly, just play on a random year, like in the '90s or something. That I will tell you exactly who the championship team, who the real championship teams were. Not something necessarily in recent memory, because you can point to this the league of just not being parity, and you can all point it to now. But what the larger point is is that there are only basically four. It's four max to me, maybe five, but really four championship caliber teams. Usually four, usually four at max, and maybe honestly three, if we been if we're really being honest with ourselves. There's usually only about three championship teams who can really compete year to year. So this year, when people say that the basketball is so bad because Kevin Durant went here and all this other type of stuff, Kevin Durant going to Golden State has nothing to do with how bad the East is. It has nothing to do with the Clippers still being the Clippers. You so what are you saying? saying that guys ain't doing their jobs to 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 stay competitive and 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 all right? Well, we know the Cleveland got LeBron James, but we still funny, don't do it. Around. Funny you bring up the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers in the process. Hmm. Because all these teams are looking at like, well, we don't want to be stuck in hell. We don't want to. Uh, we don't want to be just good enough to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to get a high draft pick. And the only way we can win is by having a high draft pick. Never mind what Kawhi Leonard was. What do you think? If people are starting to follow their plan a little bit more closely, the process with, with a little bit different formula. No, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that teams are afraid to go for it. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying teams are being competitive wolves now. See, back and I had this conversation with three. African-American executives back uh, uh, last week, three of them, Jabari, last week, three executives who are not in the top, at, at the top of the thing. Three of them were sort of somewhere in the middle. And I said, you know, and they asked me about the Jimmy Butler stuff. They asked me, do I think it was real? And I said, I, I said, I honestly don't think so. But I said, but here's the point that I made to them, and they, and they really agreed with me. I said, before back in the day, maybe even 
as much as six or seven years ago, Jabari, you had a guy, if you had a superstar or a top five or top ten player, you were trying to do everything you could to build around him so that he wouldn't leave, right? So to build a champion around him, to build a, a, a team that will compete, you would go out there and go for it. You would even, even if it was a foolish move, you would still try to do something. You would mortgage some assets. You try something, right? Out of the competitive nation, you do that. Now it is, well, if I got a top ten player, then maybe I should just trade him for pennies on the dollar so I can start the process and keep my job. Before, so what are you saying? Are you saying the Bulls don't do that? I'm not. I'm. I'm asking. You think the Bulls are contemplating that? I think if I think if the right package came to the Bulls of players and picks, I think they would do it. But I don't think that changed from January 17th or 19th or whatever today is. I don't think that's changed from the day of the draft in late June. I think they would all. They would have always, if you get the, if they get the right combination of players and picks. I think they would do it. Now I wouldn't do it, but I think they would. That's an interesting perspective. I'm gonna go Jules Pulp Fiction on you. Interesting point. So, 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 think about all the things that we that we've gone over. How you talk about how non-competitive the league is, and I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick a random year just off the top of my head. 1997, okay? Right? We were both still in grade school at the time. I was in seventh grade. So I'm going off of some real-life muscle memory, no Internet in front of me. The Bulls won 69 games after the year they won 72. The Bulls won 69 games, right? All right. They beat, they beat the Miami Heat in the conference finals, and that was a Heat team that beat the Knicks in the second round when the P.J. Brown fight happened, the first Knicks-Heat brawl. Remember that? Uh-huh. Not the not the Jeff Van Gundy known on those legs, yeah. but the one the brought out a real rivalry. That was a real rivalry. Right, right. So the Bulls were a championship team. I don't think the Knicks were a championship team, and I really don't think the Heat were. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, the Heat were. Over in the West, Utah, quote unquote championship team. They they went to the finals that year. They beat in the conference finals. They beat the old Houston Rockets with Drexler and Barkley and Elijah Wan. I guess you could say those Rockets were a championship team. I think Seattle was still good, and they lost to Houston in the second round at seven games. But just just off of the strength of that, you got Bulls, you got Jazz, Rockets, maybe Seattle. So you got three and a possible. I just picked out a random year of 1997, right? Random right. year. Three teams and a possible. That's no different than this year. Three teams in the possible. All right. Even with that said, it just still Pick out another year. Let's play the game. No, you know what? Pick out another year. Pick out another year. Pick out another year. Let's do it one more time. Let's do it one more time. I get your point. I see what you're saying. But my thing is, the league, it's not even going to say it's boring. Because, like, I still do, there's a couple of games. Uh, and it's, I still like watching it from an X and O's perspective and just watching young athletes. Like, I'm a, I love come-up stories. Like, one of my favorite stories this year is the rejuvenation of Michael Beasley. I think that brother's finally got his act together. Jason Kidd got, took a chance on him, and it's paying off for the Bucks, Like, big time. I saw what that man did against the Spurs down here. You just couldn't. When he has his head straight and he's like, really wants the ball, Michael Beasley is a damn good player. So, like, I love those type of come-up stories. So, in that perspective, it's not boring, but 
I don't know. I just I don't want to see the Spurs beat up on the Timberwolves, which I'm ready to go watch in damn near 30 minutes, okay? I don't want to see them beat up on the Denver Nuggets, which I got to watch on Thursday. I just don't want to see it. I want to see more competitive teams, and I want to see more teams that are at least, even if you're not, you know, a championship caliber team, just come on, man. Like, at least give me 48 minutes of solid basketball. You know okay, I mean? see, see, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's what happens, and I'll give you, I'll give you one year where it changed just a little bit, but it wound up being the worst thing, one of the worst NBA finals ever, and it's probably a final that's near and dear to your heart. But and just off the top of my head, I swear to you, just off the top of my head, no internet, no nothing, and you can go look this up. In 2001, I believe that six teams in the West won 50 games. I think six. I think the top six won 50 games from the Spurs leading the league, I think, that year, to the Lakers who were going for their second championship, to Sacramento, to maybe Utah won 50 games, maybe a couple other teams. Maybe Portland was still, I think Portland was still good. I don't think they were they were great, but I think they might have won 50 games. Or maybe, I think Minnesota would Garnett won 50 games or whatever. But you look over in the East, that was Allen Iverson, Larry Brown, and our, our homies from the Y, basically, that went to the finals. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and they and they won 50-something games. And they beat a decent enough Milwaukee team. To me, that was, that was a fun Bucks team to watch, but they weren't championship ready. You yeah, know, they, beat them, they, beat, they beat the Raptors in game seven. Carter, right, right, right. probably missed the game with a shot. Right, so, right. I, I probably would say that the, uh, the, 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 the Toronto series is way more exciting than the Milwaukee Bucks series. But go ahead. No, I think I think the Bucks to, to me, and I can't believe you're going down memory lane like this. The Bucks, man, like the Bucks didn't have no, no, somebody listen. like no, I thought it was fun. Vincent no. AI was getting it on that series, like it that's was true. Back they, and they were trading fifty balls. They were trading fifty yeah. balls. Yeah, you're, you're right. It was, just, it was fun to watch, and but the Bucks wasn't. I mean, Ray was still balling at that point, but I mean, the Bucks was just they no, were no, just no. a good team. But they, you know, you got to just sense that the Sixers were going to beat them. But Vincent AI, I mean that that sheesh. That was, but no, that I get, but, but but here's my point. But here, but here's my point. To large measure, you find different reasons to watch different teams. Like me, I'm not big on this. Russ getting triple doubles, Harden dominating the ball all night. You know what I'm saying? I'm not big on that. Like that doesn't. It's exciting, I guess, to large measure, and people want to see that. I necessarily don't, but people like seeing this stat-heavy NBA. You, you can see Boogie Cousins. Like, from an individual standpoint, the league is very strong. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so, so, you're, so, so you're finding stuff to watch. You may not be watching it in the context of winning, but, I mean, let's, let's I mean, just by the sheer math, look, it can only be so many good teams because they're all playing each other. There's going to be good teams. There's going to be bad teams. There's gonna be, if, if you want really good teams, there's going to be really bad teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want six championship contenders, that means they're really going to be beating up on the bottom 10 or 11 teams, you know what I'm saying, at, at the bottom well, of it. Well, we, and you know what? We could be seeing the last era of what's going on now, too. I think it's, ready to, it's on the verge of returning back to that year where you just mentioned in 2001 where you have a bunch of 50-win teams and, you know, uh, like a really good amount of contending teams because of the new CBA which added that six-year again. So now you got six-year contracts you can sign, and it prohibits. We're going to have to say the CBA talk for the next time. 
Well, no, well, I, got I, mean, I mean, I was talking to somebody I do know, that that's you know that uh, 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 one of the Spurs officials who studies this, and you know he's their capologist. And I say, what's the one thing about the CBA that you know you you think is going to have an impact? He says, you're not going to see as much movement and free agency anymore. You know what I mean? Because teams are going to be locking up players for a very very long time. Like you got now, you're not you know once you get to a certain point of your contract, teams are going to start designating you and they're going to start putting you on longer contracts. So that way you can't walk on them when, when you know, at, at, at the end of the deal. So, you know, they might try to still force their way out through via trade, but, you know, the players don't have control. Yeah, I don't like that. You know? I mean, I don't, here's my thing. I do, I, man. Like, I, I like seeing guys where they are. Like, that because it, it just allows yeah, you to, you, you can follow yeah, a team like now and now. Okay, so wait. Let me, so, so. So, so let's get into this now. We this this better be a highly listened to podcast. We're going over a lot of subjects here. So, it, so explain this to me. You're a draft pick. You get you don't control where you get drafted, right? Let's say you let's say you're the top draft pick, right? Yeah. Let's say you let's say you're a Kevin Durant, and right. you get drafted and you get drafted by a bad organization. Okay. Right. Okay. So you play your first. You have to play your first four years under the bad organization, right? Because that, that's where you're tied. So you can't go anywhere, right? Restricted right. free agent. Wait, restricted free agency comes, and you have to basically with restricted free agency, you have to at least sign a three-year deal to give yourself some level of security. But you can't go anywhere because you're a restricted free agent, and if you're a great player, the team ain't letting you go no matter what you do. Correct. Right. So that we means, went over this. Like you're saying, like a player pays his dues, so he should be able to choose where he wants to go after his, you know, after he after he gets out of jail. This is what it is. Yes. The first six years is he's in jail. Like this is that's yes. what it is. But he shouldn't be penalized okay. for it. And he should right. be penalized so, from a money standpoint. So what, what? So so I'm not saying players still won't go into free agency. They're still going to want to probably go into free agency. It's just that teams now get the opportunity to lock them up before they get to that point. Okay, even further. And if a player feels like he wants to test free agency because he's not happy, simple. Don't sign a deal. <laughs> That's it. Just go on and say, oh, I'm not signing a deal. Lamarcus Aldridge did it. Portland tried to offer him a new contract before he was a free agent. But the money gap wasn't so great between if you choose to leave and if you choose to stay. And, and now that now you got to pick. Either you, wanna, either you want the money, okay, and you stay with the franchise, or you hit a free agency, take less, and wait your turn. So play, but see, not, to me, I'm, not, but, I'm not buying that that whole sob story at the play because I just you know like though now he gets no but what, no, but what, but what don't sign but what I'm saying but what I'm saying but here's what I'm saying we just I just talked about scared organizations and bad organizations if you as an organization know that you have this in your back pocket that you can offer a player fifty sixty million dollars more than the next than the next team. Where's the incentive? Where's the internal pressure for you to get better and build around this player? Because teams usually, from I said before, teams usually build around players because they're afraid that they're going to leave. So if you know that you hold the trump card and that the player is not necessarily going to leave, where's your incentive for actually building around the player? Because if the player is worth his sword, he's going to fill the arena by himself. So where is your incentive to build a championship team if there is not the threat of the player leaving? All right, well, listen, I'm not saying that that's still not the going answer, to be this. That's not going to be the question. That's still going to be a major – that's still going to be in play, okay? But at the, at the same time, like, at the end, first of all, if you're a player, 
Your job is not only to just play basketball, okay? Study your front office. Study what's going on in your – you not think that Jimmy Butler right now is looking at this Bulls franchise and looking like, yo, I'm not feeling what's going on here. I'm not. And at the end of my deal, I think I'm probably going to seek other options because this is not – if they don't start getting their act together by the time I'm a free agent, then that's that. You study, your, study your franchise. LeBron puts pressure on his front office every damn day to do to to, to make sure. Yeah, because because he signs a short because he signs because a LeBron's the most powerful athlete on the planet. Secondly, okay. Le, le, secondly, LeBron has shown you he will lead you. See, that's the thing. He yes. has shown you I will lead if you don't get your act together. And, and that that doesn't that doesn't apply for everybody. That's what I'm saying. If you're, a superstar on team, if, if, if you're a superstar on a team, it applies to you. You just talk about superstars, that applies to you. If you tell, you can go in your front office and tell them behind closed doors, listen, we need to start doing X, Y, and Z, otherwise you're going to risk losing me. Ain't nothing wrong with that. If I'm a superstar player, I'm making my voice heard. How are you going to damage me? I'm a superstar player. I know I can get my money when I, if I leave here. I might not get it. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the structure of the CBA shouldn't make it so wide that, a, that if a player chooses to leave a bad organization, he gets penalized for it. You're saying that they should make as much equal money even if they stay or leave? I, 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 I would say I would say this. I don't know because I don't like the honestly I don't know if you know if I like the term maximum contract because in baseball yeah, they don't the have six-year thing. I, I don't like to, I don't like the six year. No, thing. just even, think... even less, but just money. Yeah. Oh, so go on the market. Go on the, if, it's, if it's free agency, let it be free agency. And major league yeah, baseball, yeah. they can sign whatever they want to sign for. Yeah, well, that's, uh, well, that's why Major League Baseball goes through problems now. Like you know, but now, but see that that's over though. Major League Baseball, I think that that era of signing these players to these astronomical three hundred million plus deals that ain't that's not flying anymore. Major League yeah, Baseball, you, yeah, why? Watch and see. Watch. Yeah, but I'm saying like they've been doing that for a very long time, and the results just don't you don't equal out. <laughs> it's just not equaling out. You know what I'm saying? Like every I, single time I'm a sure. player gets signed to these astronomical contracts, something. Carlos Stanton just signed a three hundred something million dollar deal with the Florida Marlins, and that brother got hurt. <laughs> okay, like I think that era is starting to come to an end. I really do. Like I don't think uh, that that that. I mean, you can ask if a, if a team's gonna give it to you, then you know more power to them. But I don't think that era is is gonna be what it was. Like that well, was but like this, in, in football, they don't put a cap on how much you can make. Right, but you see, they got a harder salary cap. So like, if you play a player too much money, then it, it, it limits your ability to go out and do what you got to do. Basketball is the same way. Like, you know, a player can only, even though basketball salary cap is a little bit more structured as far as players can only get a certain amount. Um, but at the same time, you know, they count for extended the cap. But now basketball has a very high salary cap. So I think you'll start to see way more players get money. And, you know, the problem with that is basketball, whatever you get, your contract is guaranteed. So you don't have to worry about getting released by football. You know what I mean? Like, that is, it's, it's, it's different. You know, basketball players still have a lot of leverage because whatever deal you sign, you're getting all of your money, <laughs> okay? And I'm talking about like I'm not talking about the rookie who got signed a ten year, ten day contract, or somebody who just got signed off of a summer league roster. Of course, your contract got to a certain date before it gets guaranteed. But for the most part, most players' contracts are guaranteed. You're getting all of your money, no matter if you play or if you don't play. Seth Zizili is getting paid up in Portland, though he has yet to step on the court. Not, not, not Mahaney in Washington. Exactly. Exactly. And I get, I get, I get, I get what, I get what you're saying. Chandler Parsons stealing money. Oh my, Chandler Parsons. Ninety-four percent stealing money. 
What a you cannot be the best white player in the league if you don't play. I'm sorry. Wow. Did you I'm just sorry. go there? I did it's go there. He said that. I didn't say it. He said he's the best white player in the league. Did he not? It's time to end the podcast here, Jabbar. Did he say that, yes or no? I don't know. I didn't hear him say I don't remember him saying the, that. The story on the undefeated, he said he was the best white player in the league. If, if my memory serves me correctly, if I'm not, if I don't, if you didn't say that, then I apologize. But I could have swore I read that he said he was the best white player in the league. Maybe he did. I don't remember. But I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. Even if he didn't, he's still not a top 50 player on the right No, 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 right no, now, no, no. I don't no, think he'll ever... I think his career is over. I really do. Like, you're not stepping back on that court. Like, you, you, you listen. Ninety-four million dollars a lot of that money be playing. I mean, Luol Deng's stealing money too, and I like Luol Deng, but at his age, at that point, he should not. Have we're not. We're, we're not. We're not. We're not. We need to do the stealing money podcast for another podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of players in the league stealing money, but Chandler Parsons is definitely number one. At least Luol Deng has played more than ten games, something like that. Chandler Parsons is definitely stealing money. Okay, might be a nice guy, but he's definitely still spending us definitely money. Definitely. definitely, Anything else, man? Cause I got to get the hell out of here. Got to no, we good. Game, we 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 good. We both got games tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, y'all got a game. Who, who y'all play? Your favorite, your favorite city. Not 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 that I'm in it, but your favorite your favorite city. Your favorite that city wasn't my movie. favorite city anymore. It's, what's your favorite city? Um, not that one. <laughs> I think I have more fun in Houston and and even Chicago than I do with Dallas now. Like no, you know, in fact, I do have fun in Dallas, but I think Houston probably is uh, going to be taking over that number one spot. Okay. Well then, well then, well then, well then, right? They're playing, but they're playing Dallas tonight. Oh, okay. Well, if y'all lose to Dallas, and that's I don't, I don't know, man. That might be the game. That might be the whole They got, they got, they got two mediocre teams they got beat. They got beat by twenty five. That's where Rondo did the throwing the throwing the uh, towel on the assistant coach's face in Dallas. Yeah. Well, I hope he plays tonight. You know, so that way he can take a little bit of revenge on on you know the whole Dallas organization. Um. But is Dirk is Dirk playing? Dirk is playing. All right. Good. Because I have yet to see Dirk. Dallas played the, the the Spurs twice, and we haven't seen Dirk yet. Um. We're on the last. We're on Dirk's last days. I, I almost just want to see him like a couple more times because I really got a feeling that he's gonna retire at the end of the season. This is due. Don't see no incentive for Dirk to come back. Dallas is no yeah. heroin in the championship. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they'll figure out a way that he can get some of his money, and he's done that city nothing but justice. I think it's just time for him to just walk away. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah. look, he's he's getting he's getting up there. Yeah, Dirk is. He's, he's approaching, like, you know, he's, he's, he's what, 39 now? 38, 37, something like that. Oh, he's not bad. He's, he's not, you know, like, he's wearing chairs. Oh, he's just, oh, he's he just, he's been, he's been at this for a while. That's all yeah. he's been at. He's been at this yeah. for a while. You doing All-Star New Orleans, man? Indeed. Oh, okay, well. Just let me know about the parties. Definitely won't be going. You're not coming? Nah, I'm not going. Going home to Philly. Not, not, not with the All Star game. A, the company's not footing the bill. Um, that's number one. That's most importantly because I'm definitely not footing the bill. Uh, and B, um, I'm really not mad about it. I was a little disappointed last year because I really wanted to go to Toronto and you know Aldrich and Kawhi was there, and so I was really like throwing a hiss at it. But not going to do it this year. I mean, you know, I had to, I had enough All Star stuff in Toronto, and I realized. The All-Star isn't what it once was, man. Like, I think we had way more freedom back in the day before I started really covering the league like that. You know, the stories I heard, our players are just way more open, and you get you got one-on-one time with the court. Now they got podiums, you got international media. 
Um, you know, so yeah, definitely not. Don't be, don't be, spoiled, don't be, don't be spoiled media member right now. Not, no, I'm not, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not that. I just that I, I just, unless I go to All Star. Well, I know for a fact that I can go to the All Star game and I can get like exclusives with Kawhi, or whatever like that. Because he's going. Don't know if Marcus is going to go, but Kawhi's going. Um, and you know, have behind the scenes stuff like that. But the company's not sending me, so going off my services. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll, I'll, I'll have some. I'll have some hurricanes for you in your honor. Yeah, just you know, do that. I don't know. It might not be as much, a lot of international media out there this year. Like, New Orleans ain't one of them spots that you just be like, you know, I'm trying to go back from there. Like, if you're international media, I love you. Probably, I love New Orleans. No, the dope city. It really. I, I wasn't going to go when they played the Pelicans like next week, but um, yeah, I'm gonna make that trip because New Orleans. I think what it is, I think going to the wrong spots, but I definitely gotta get to the right spots because I actually wanted some food. I want some shrimp and grits when I'm down there this time. So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and. I think I'll be, it's the beginning of Mardi Gras sometime. Indeed it is. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be looking forward to that. Never been to Mardi Gras ever a day in my life. So if I'm going to be in the middle of it, that's probably why the hotels were so expensive. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking like, God darn, these things are expensive. But, yeah, that's it. But, uh, it's a podcast. Probably 2017 all right. I like it. We're going we gonna, we gonna, we gonna to be all right. And I think the people are going to like it. And uh, make sure... Make sure if you're listening, make sure you hit us up. Be it on hit us up on the Twitter. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. You know, just give, hit give Vinny us feedback. Up, they already let me know what they like and like. Just hit Vinny up. No, they, of course, of course they do. So yeah, just uh, if you hit them up with the fear, with the, with the understanding that if you say the wrong thing, you will block. It. So I, I don't. I have I have I've only blocked like two people in the past couple weeks. I, I I'm ending on this. I've had a couple of PR people from across the league who have said, Vinny, you're too tame on Twitter now. You're no fun like you used to be. I would get my joy from watching you clown people because you say the stuff that I want to say. So can you go mm-hmm. back to clowning people and say, you know what, just for you, I will. Yeah. And I think, I, I, like two, two PR people came to me and said that. I'm like, hey, people really pay attention to that. Then I, and then I went back to it, and it felt good. <laughs> next, you know, you know what we got to talk about next podcast? We got to talk about that new edition movie that's coming out. Cause I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna watch it, but we definitely wrap on it though. We wrap the tape on it because uh, I don't know. I haven't been really big on the uh, those type of movies. But Bio, you, Bio although BNT, BET might be interesting because for, for the most part, I think Lifetime was on them. Like you know, the, the, they did the Whitney Houston one, and they did not the, the, the TLC. Oh my and, God, those are terrible. Yeah, like I heard some bad things about them, but I think this new edition, so they put a lot of time and energy into this, so this right. might actually be good. What I'm going to do, I'm going to watch the first episode and then go from there. By the way, shout out to Atlanta, that show with Donna Glover, like, yo, really, and, and, and Migos. Migos is going to have a, a crazy 2017. Once you get put with the with a certain population of the people and your name is mentioned out there, oh, man, it was crazy. But it's going to be crazy. It's going to be really, really crazy, though, because I was at the Spurs game like uh, the other day, and it was showing some on a big board. It was a whole bunch of fans out there. Really wasn't black, but the, one of the guys, I guess he was on the mic, was like, yeah, we're out here getting bad and bougie. I'm like, oh, my God, it's over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, just, it's, yeah it's you dead. just killed it. You just killed it's it. Dead. Thank you so much for ruining it. The culture vultures, thank you so much. Yeah, That's going to do it for this week's Point Game Podcast. Thanks for listening. Let me catch Vinny. CSNChicago.com, MySay.com for all your first news and notes.
Check you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace.